Welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie. This is part one where my guests will be talking about raising kids in Denmark, adapting multicultural family, and surviving while living abroad. We know parenting is hard, but when you mix in a different country, your world will get rocked. Listen, laugh, and enjoy as we share a day in the life of parenting abroad. Hi, and welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast, episode four, part one, with my new guest that is actually going to be on this episode two times. So how are you guys liking the episode so far, broken up into two parts? I know it's only one episode that I've released that had two parts, but so far, what are your guys' thoughts on it? I would love your feedback because the only reason why I did it is because I feel like the guests had so much to talk about. And also, I want to get to know them more and also have the listeners get to know them more. So I really want to know what your guys' feedback on this season three split up into two parts so yeah let me know either in social media or on email i'm in all those platforms so just let me know so now for the next two episodes i will be interviewing maria matson from mexico and the u.s maria lives in denmark with her danish husband and two kids on this episode, I will be discussing about how Maria integrated in Denmark and all the adventures she had trying to adapt here in Denmark and actually live here and adapt to the culture. Like all of us, we had our what the fuck moments trying to adapt here. And I did the interview earlier and I just think it's so funny because I can relate to her so much. We just had moments where when she would talk about a story and I'm like, Yeah, I remember that happening to me. So it's really nice to be able to hear that other internationals or other immigrants and expats are going through the same thing that we are going through. And this is why I created this podcast is that people can hear other stories of other internationals going through the same thing. Anyways, while listening to us conversate about life here in Denmark, It was really nice to hear and actually I can relate to her because she also is from Los Angeles. She's lived in Los Angeles. She's lived in other states too, like Arizona, and she's from Mexico. So we talked about certain things that I can relate with her. For example, Mexican food. When we first moved here to Denmark, Mexican food was not accessible and it wasn't that popular. Me growing up in Los Angeles, it's basically my go-to food. I grew up with Mexican food. And so when I moved to Denmark, I was like, oh my gosh, there's no Mexican food. So it was actually really funny for us to kind of relate in that way. And you guys will listen to it on the interview. It's actually really funny. Anyways, I'll stop talking now and just let you guys hear the interview. So here's the interview, guys. Hi, Maria, and welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast. This is part one, so we'll be talking about your life as a mama here in Denmark, and also pretty sure we can all laugh about the same experiences that we've all internationals have while raising kids in Denmark. So really on the this part, part one will be focused on your life, raising your kids, and really your life here in Denmark. Maria, can you please introduce yourself to the listeners? 
Yes, hi, I'm Maria. Thank you for having me. I was a nice surprise to get the email and the invitation. I've never done anything like this. So for an introvert, I don't know, we'll see how much we get. Hopefully we have some good things to say. <laughs> but I'm 47 years old and I live in Jutland, it's in English, and married to a Dane. We have two kids. My daughter, she's 10 years old, and my son, he's almost six. Then my husband has an older son from his first marriage. He's, he's 21. So he's a full almost. adult then. So you have a free babysitter, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> the age difference was way too much. By the time she was growing, he was into it wasn't his really teen a free babysitter years yet. old. <laughs> Well, thank you for being here. I saw posted something about your company and I thought it was really cool. So that's why I wanted you to be on here just to talk about your journey as an international mom. And thank you for accepting being a guest on My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. Let's talk about where you're from and how did you end up in Denmark? That's the question that a lot of people ask us when they find out that we're not born here or from here. So if you could tell the listeners how you ended up here in Denmark. Well, it was in 2010 that I moved here. And again, because I met my husband and we got married first in New York, we had a ceremony, a civil wedding so that I could start the paperwork. And then once I was accepted, then I could move to Denmark. So it was, it'll be our 13th wedding anniversary now in the Valentine's Day. And then by the summer, I already had the approval so I could move. And I had to sell my house and pack everything and move over here. I use my Volkswagen. I have a 64 Volkswagen black bubble. My friends say I used it as a packet. What is it? A, your packing bag. Because I stuffed it with as much as I could and just shipped it. I came to visit Denmark twice before I moved. And I just saw how expensive everything was. I better pack that thing with as much as I can. I had two chihuahuas that came with me. So I had even food for my chihuahuas. Of course, they sell food here, but I was afraid I wasn't going to find that. So I bought like a 20 kilo bag. It could last until I could find the right food. I guess it went south. It left from California. So I guess it went through the Panama Canal and then we picked it up in Copenhagen. I had, I still have my four dining chairs. I had two leather chairs, two coffee tables. The thing was, you could just sit in it and move it. But everything, everything I could stuff, I sent it. I lived in Phoenix, Arizona for 16 years before I came here. But I was actually raised in Mexico at the border. So I'm a border town girl. And when I was 18 years old, that's when I moved to the U.S. Because I was born in the U.S. So I knew at some point I will have to go and study. So I went over to the U.S. and studied graphic design. And then I ended up living there and working there for 16 years until met my husband and married and then moved to Denmark. So right now I'm like three thirds of my life have been lived in different countries. So I'm at a point now where I don't know where I come from, what I feel most attached to. Yes, it's, it's... I totally understand you because I'm also in the same situation where I was born in the Philippines, but raised in the U.S., and then now I'm raising my kids in Denmark. And when people ask me, where are you from? It's like a big whole explanation, correct? It's like, yeah, I'm from here, but I grew up here, but I live here. It's never a straight answer from us. Maybe it happens to you because they see me. And if I say I come from the U.S., oh, it's like, you don't look from the U.S. So I have to say, okay, parents were Mexican, but I come, I was born and I lived 
and I came from the U.S. Okay, it's like you have to go through all this explanation. And then when they asked me about my parents, oh my God, that's another one. Because it's like, how many brothers and sisters do you have? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, I've never counted them fully because we don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so hard to explain when you come from multiple countries. It's so hard to explain to someone that's only came from one country. They're like, how did you end up here? And now with your kids, it's like, okay, you are Mexican, American, Danish. I'm not Danish and I barely, yeah, they are, but I'm not. With my kids, you can tell they have a, a mixed race, which I couldn't tell before, but it's obvious to Same Danes, for me. So. My daughter and son, they look two completely different features. Really funny to see, but I'm like, yeah, it's like they look like brothers and sisters. They have one looks more Asian and the other one. You don't look Dane, you don't look Asian, you look like Italian. <laughs> it's like, it's really weird. <laughs> so it's a nice mix because they're a bit different and they always have a story to tell. Well, my yeah, mom and I feel, I feel like it makes them, them unique actual. and make them stand out from the crowd a little bit. Yeah, in uh, my daughter's class, there's a few of them that don't look fully Danish. So with time, I've been figuring out, okay, they're also mixed race, but I mean, I don't think there's something they talk about or there's... Yeah. yeah, I think just, at a certain no, age, it's... they start seeing like, yeah, I am different. Like my mom is different. It's funny with my daughter. She's like, you can't talk to certain parents because they don't speak English. I was like, thanks. I'm like, I speak Danish. You know that. She's like, yeah, but not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you. Yeah. My daughter was smaller. I will go and pick her up yeah. at the SFO, the after school. And for some years, it was ingrained in my head that I needed just Spanish to her. So I will say, come on, Joanna, vamos, something like that. Mom, you can't speak Spanish here. <laughs> it's like, why not? Because nobody does. So it's like once they start figuring out that there's rules to follow and here we speak Danish. So <laughs> I can understand where you're coming from. It's a bit of fun journey, especially because my daughter just started school right now. So I'm like, wow, this is different. <laughs> There's rules to be followed. Even culturally, they have to do it. And my daughter is like very adamant on shaking the first person she sees hand, the greeter at the school. It's so interesting. I'm like, cool. It's like, but it's a Danish thing, shake hands to do it. I'm like, they start at no class. Yeah, great. <laughs> Fun question. Did you ever think Denmark would be the place you would be raising your kids? Or was that like, wow, left field, that was so random? <laughs> Not at all, totally. Because when I met my husband, mm -hmm. I was 34 years old already. And I was not thinking of having any kids anymore. I mean, my friends from high school in Mexico, they were getting ready to be grandmas. <laughs> so I was like, my age is past. I'm going to have any kids. Then when I met him, he, out of the blue, he promised me two kids. When we married, we went back to New York and married in, in New York. And I thought, if he says so, he already has one. So why will he want to have two? But he promised, so he gave me two kids. And it's been a total blessing to have him in Denmark because one of the reasons is the fact that we can stay with them for a whole year and take care of them. Before I had kids, I thought, well, if I don't have him, yeah. I guess I'll never know what I'm missing. Because my friends will say, oh, you need to have kids. Like, well, if it hasn't happened, yeah. I guess I'll never know. So if it's not meant to be, then I guess I'll never know. I kept thinking I could not 
leave her with anybody else. And I remember I worked in the U.S. in different places, but one of the places I worked, I remember there was even a room where they Mm -hmm. could go and plug their breast pumps. And and we would get lunches and there were some bags in there. And I knew there were the moms that they were coming back to work and putting their milk in the fridge. And when I had her, I kept thinking, oh my God, if I had to work there with a baby, I will have to do all this Mm -hmm. on top of learning how to breastfeed and all the things you have to learn as a mother and still go to work and then carry that thing on my back. And it was like, thank God that I had her here and that I had my son also here because also my friends will tell me, oh, I missed so much of their growing and development because the nanny will tell me, oh, he took his first step and I will Mm -hmm. be just so mad because I missed him. And so things like that, I was like, on a positive, on a negative note, I didn't have any family here to help me. But on Mm -hmm. a positive, I got to see everything I needed to see in their development. And I got to experience everything within the first year until you put him in daycare and they got to a point where you know they need to start coming out and see other kids and interact with other kids. And, and I didn't put in full time until I got a job. But yeah, it's Denmark. I never thought first move here. I didn't even know where it was. I, <laughs> I know. And when my husband told me that he was from Denmark, I looked at the map and I started down by Switzerland. Where is it? He said, look up. Oh, like, wow, that's small. It's right up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never even knew anything about Denmark yeah. other than the yeah. the cookies and and Christmas. the tins that where the cookies were <laughs> will come from. Yeah, so I remember those tins and yeah. that we would keep on needles and sewing and stuff. And of course, Lego. That I knew Lego, but I never used it. I never play with them because they were for the rich kids who were not able to afford Legos. But yeah, so I never thought of Denmark of being where I will move and that I will yeah. get I'm to also experience being I'm really grateful here. to kind of add to your experience with your friends. You say that at your work, it was there in the corner trying to breast pump. I remember my friend saying, it's like, yeah, we would have to go to the bathroom and do it on our lunch break. That is horrible. I'm like, experiencing the one year home with your child, it's like a blessing. It's the best thing. Yes. It was super lonely year. <laughs> I don't know if you felt the same. It was like a really, really lonely year. A little bit. I, now that I think about it, I had a whole new job. It was great to learn and just find out how to be a mom and what to do. I used Google and I used a lot of um, texting and asking my friends here. I have a, a bunch of Mexican friends. They have been here for many years and so how do I use this and where do I go for that? So I had a lot of support from them in WhatsApp. They, they kept sending me messages, what to do if 10 years ago, I don't think the groups in Facebook were that big, the mommy groups. No. Cause I moved here 2014. I didn't even know about groups or anything. Nice now. But you got to experience the mommy groups. Yeah, they get I did have four that. Or five moms uh, together. Luckily that was actually my savior, not feeling, but the first three months we didn't form yet was the hardest. Like you said, there's no family or anyone to support. And then I came here for work. So I never really developed any friendship. I was just working and then my husband was dating. So it was just, I had no like friends. So I was just like, man, this is hard. (laughs) And I didn't get to go to Danish school and meet friends also. I did go to Danish school, but it was more of 
for school after work and trying to make it yeah go together so it was a difficult uh, first year of having my daughter but now if I could take it back I would want her to be small again because now I miss them small it's so weird it's like you yeah can't yeah, wait for them to I grow know. up but now I'm like I sleep with them every day yeah I'm all, I sleep with them every day no I don't want you to grow up <laughs> the today just today yeah. I dropped off my son at kindergarten and before he goes in I said the kiss and the hug so he knows he has to give a kiss and a hug. Yeah. And I hug him and lift him up and, and swing him. And there was one of the pedagogues, the workers coming in. And he said, oh, you just want to keep him as little as possible, huh? Enjoy him as much as you can while he's yeah. getting to be a big boy because he's tall. <laughs> yeah. No, he's always going to be my little one. But I thought nobody was watching. But then he comes out of the blue. <laughs> drop yeah. him. He's like, drop him. He's, You're like, I'll carry him till he's 20. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my husband is with our daughter. He's like, yeah, I'm going to keep kissing her and smothering her till she's 40 and giving her kisses in front of her friends. I'm that dad. <laughs> I'm the embarrassing dad. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. oh, my gosh. <laughs> what was your biggest culture shock when you first moved to Denmark, either while raising your kids or just in general when you first arrived here? There was one and a very positive one. I came to visit in December before I moved in 2010. And I remember stopping at a library because we were looking for a sandwich or something to eat. So there was a library. We went inside and to the right, there were a bunch of shoes and jackets hanging. And then I said, why are all these things here? And my husband said, what do you mean? What are they doing here? It's just people that is here. I'm like, and nobody has stolen them. There's 50 pairs of shoes and like 50 jackets and nobody takes them. And he was looking at me, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I thought, wow, you can leave your things here and nobody takes them. So I had never seen that before. You can also see it on the buses. Like if you forget something, you can always find it. It makes its way to the office or somebody calls you. And somebody, twice I've seen people where they run and here you forgot to your wallet. It's like, wow, people are very honest here. That was before moving here. And then when I came, finally, when I moved to Denmark, one of the biggest culture shock that I found was how closed with their relationships, how they cultivate relationships from when they're kids. For them to call you friend, they have to know you since kindergarten or like school. So they don't just call you friend because they've known you for five, 10 years. That's a very different and they're not that open either to make new friendships. Because we come from the U.S., you know how easy over there, every corner you turn, there's a new person or somebody that comes from another town, another country. We're very used to something new, someone new. And here they're not. So it, to break that barrier, to get into the circle, it's very hard. So, And then my upbringing is Mexican, so it's... Like I said, I don't know how many brothers and sisters I have. So all of them have sons and daughters and they're married. So they have kids. There's a bunch of people anywhere I turn. I have a lot of family in California. I don't know, 150 people will show up for when my dad was alive and they would just do a party because grandpa was in town. And 150 people, I didn't know who they were. It's like big families. And to come here and... My husband doesn't have a big family. He only has a brother who has no children. But even when you look around, they're like, 
very small groups and, and they're very already set up. Like I read somewhere, it's like tribes. They treat their people like their own. When I first got here, it was in the summer and my husband said, oh, we have a grill get together for the soccer parents. Oh, okay. So go with them. And I remember we got there around 3.30 and there were all the soccer coaches with the kids and their wives. And then they started grilling and we sat down to eat. I think I tried two, three questions about, because I, I had no knowledge of Danish back then. It was just English. It was a month and a half after I got here. And I tried asking about a girl's hair. She had braids and the mom responded with something very basic. And that was it. And then I tried asking about a drawing that was hanging and the dad answered, yeah, he did it in kindergarten, blah, blah, blah. That was it. Well, I sat down and ate. It was 9.30 at night and nobody had talked to me. Nobody had even tried to make conversations or not even ask me. I mean, nothing, not even where I come from or do you like the food, nothing. And all I heard was Danish the whole night and I just could not take it anymore. I just got up and... And I said, I have to go outside and take get some air. Then my husband came out and he said, what is wrong? I was like, I cannot believe this. It's been, I don't know, the whole afternoon and nobody has talked to me. So I'm ready to go. He had been to the U.S. where my friends had a grill and a barbecue. And it was like, they bring their moms and their kids and their husbands. And they have to know him before they come. They're not just going to let me go with anyone. They're like... Their grandmas, they had to approve him. (laughs) And then totally different. So I was expecting something like that to come, more people be more open. And that was my biggest cultural shock. I was like, this is going to be hard. If I was expecting a grill and like a barbecue with music and like the cousin and the brother showing up to greet the new person, no. It was very, very different. So so I figure I have to find my own friends. I have to figure out how to find people around me. And I found the community of Mexicans that have been here for many years. So they were very sweet. They took me under their wings right away. And I had a baby shower here for my first daughter and my son. So I was forever thankful that they took me as a friend right away. And But I mean, between us, that's expected. I felt the same way because when I also came here, I was thinking the same thing. Like, everyone is just going to talk to you. Yeah. It's the same as the U.S. I'm from Southern California. You have a barbecue and you just, everyone just kind of talks to each other. You don't cling on to who you know. You just want to know who's there. And especially if someone's new. Oh, you're new. I want to know everything about you, especially if you're dating my best friend or you're dating someone I know. I want to know if you're worthy of being with that person. You know what I mean? Here is so completely different. I know what you're talking about because sometimes when I attend anything that's majority Danes, I'm just like, (laughs) so you kind of have to force yourself into a conversation, but they're most likely going to switch over to Danish. I'm so happy that you were able to find people that take you in. But culturally, Mexicans are like that. Like I have few Mexican friends in Southern California. And when you go to a family gathering, you're part of the family. You're not going to be ever left out. You're going to be with the titas and the, you know, the grandmas. Like everyone's going to know who you are. 
They don't let you get bored. It's like if they see you, they start feeding you. You're hungry, so then you get food. It's like you're not just gonna sit here and be bored. You're gonna talk, yeah. and be entertained, and, and you're gonna tequila eat. If it's there. So. <laughs> That's one of the things I do miss here in Denmark. I'm an entertainer. Like I love having people at the house and stuff. But now here in Denmark, entertaining is so different, right? Everyone sits around a chair, and I'm just like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Like I would like just to have food. Yeah, I would just like to have food on the table and then everyone just eats when they want and walk around and talk to each other. And it's just not like that here. Oh, but you know what? It's a great way of practicing Danish when you're at these parties where you have to sit for seven, eight hours. I found myself being very fluent in Danish after the second red wine glass. Yes, it does. It definitely does. Was it easy for you to learn Danish? I went to school when I started, when I got here because I didn't have a job. But then as soon as I found a job, I started taking the night classes and then yeah. it got hard because the first months were easy, nothing else to think about. And then when I got a job at Vestas and they do classes for their employees at on site there, when I figure, oh, it's going to get difficult because mm-hmm. the corporate language was English. So I think that mm-hmm. was what pushed me back, the job at Vestas and then I had my daughter and it took me two years to find another job. And it was also the corporate language was English. It was in Lego. By then it's like five years. Then I ended with Lego and I had my son. Mm -hmm. So it was still not needed. I knew enough to communicate. But then my last job, it was only Danes. And they were using other languages to sell. And I mean, a lot of sales reps spoke other languages, but the basic was Danish. It was there. I, I like found myself using more and more Danish. I don't think grammatically correct ever, and I can never be. And I don't want to go back and study again. So I think it's good enough to float, move around. But if I had to read documents like that come from the doctor or the court document, it's like way too complicated. So. It's okay, I will say. And some people understand me. Others, if they don't know me and they haven't heard my accent, they right away make that face like it's painful to hear you and they're like switch to English. But the majority of my kids, friends, parents, they know that I'm not from here. They do an effort. They make a good effort to continue the conversation and connect the dots, I will say. I had a really good uh, co-worker that uh, she helped a lot with that, with connecting the dots. Like, she will finish like, my sentences. You. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all need one. I feel like in like life, her. just in general life in Denmark, we need someone that just finishes our sentences because right now it's like I, I get stuck in a word and then I switch to English. So my language is basically Danglish because I'm like, it's like, I can't think of that word in Danish. So they'll usually finish it for me. But in my case, I think in Spanish first. So if I have to translate from Spanish to English, it's faster. But if I have to translate Spanish to Danish, it gets like choppy. But when I get mad, that's when it's bad because... You want to scream and say something and move, like, like say it. But it's like, just will start spinning and, and it doesn't come. And then by the time you say it, you're not that mad anymore. So it's like, you missed the meaning behind it. It doesn't you're like, come. like, which the language do you choose? 
And sometimes my husband laughs at the way I scream, say something at the kids when I'm mad, because the way I will say it in Spanish just translated and it doesn't make sense. And they're like, look at me like, what? <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean, just do it. What, what's the language at home? It's Danish. And the thing is that I wanted them to learn Spanish. And for my daughter, she's always consider it very complicated. I mean, she understands, but she can't speak. She won't speak. She won't say a sentence. Then I thought, if I'm going to complicate her life and her school, then fine, we'll just do Danish. It'll also help me. So we communicate in Danish. But a lot of mm -hmm. times, if I'm tired, it goes faster in English. So I switch to English. And if I'm mad, it's Spanish. But I didn't want them to have a different accent in Danish and be teased in school for having a different accent. So it was like, whatever, we'll figure out when they grow up, whatever they want to speak. But I can't force myself to always speak mm -hmm. Danish because it's my third language. And like I said, the feeling doesn't come with it. So whatever. Some days we practice. Some days it's only English. My daughter loves English and we go to Copenhagen and she's like, oh, everyone speaks English here. Can we just pretend we don't know Danish? So. Yeah, she does. But she learned it from the iPad, mostly. You didn't even speak to them. And I think that's why Danes are so good with English, because they keep the English language versus if you go to Germany, it's like all German. The interest in American culture, the, all the TV programs and every good YouTuber, whatever in YouTuber is in right now, it's in English. So my son also, he watches a lot, but he hasn't spoken yet. I think it comes in school when they start learning English. That's when it comes out. But he knows a lot too. How do you blend the different cultures in the household? You have three kind of going on in the culture, because I know you have the American culture and then the Mexican culture. Do you feel like American and the Mexican culture is getting drowned out a little bit? What we celebrate, just certain things. Some things I've dropped along the way some things because like Thanksgiving, it's a whole production. I think once or twice we've had Thanksgiving here. Yeah. Because it's, where do you find a turkey? And if you find a turkey, mm -hmm. it's frozen. So you have to prepare. Like it's a whole production. The longer I've been here, the more I miss Mexican food. So I've learned how to make a lot. It's like, or relearn how to make it. Like things that I thought were too complicated. I just look it up in YouTube and it's like, They're not that complicated. I can do it. So, so then it's finding the ingredients and I do it. We've tried to do the day of the death a couple of times and where we go to a friend's house yeah. and we set up an altar and remember the, our family and friends that have passed on, but we don't do it every year. But I try not to focus or like worry too much on what am I going to teach them and how is my culture going to prevail? Because it's mm -hmm. them, the ones that decide anyway. I mean, you can teach them and show them who you are and what you've learned and where you come from, but that yeah. doesn't mean they're going to continue doing it or they're going to even have an interest. Where I have succeeded, and I'm very proud, it's piñatas. Every birthday party, I've, I bake a big piñata and like my kids decide what theme. I make, I start like two months before their birthday to make the piñata because every layer has to dry yeah. and then you have to find the color of paper that they want for this. I've done, for my daughter, she's into horses and when she was little, so it was a unicorn and then there were my little pony and then I did also a panda and I did 
when she was a baby, I did a castle. For my son, I did three years of dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, I was like, no, not another one. But I think this year he's finally switching okay. to Pokemon. So I have to find Pikachu. Uh, yellow paper for Pikachu this year. So it's like the biggest day of the year when I do the piñatas for them because they dream about it. Not my daughter anymore because she's 10, but still my son. He packing and cleaning the piñata and everything's broken. And, and then he's already thinking, next year, mom, I want this and that. I mean, he's not done with one when he's already planning the next one. So that is like something that I can see that gives him so much joy. And on the other hand, it's like gives me so much power because sometimes he doesn't want to go to bed. He doesn't want to do something, clean his room. And then all I have to say, mention, is the piñata. He does it right away. Last week, he didn't want to go to bed. And I said, he wanted to sit by me and watch TV. And all I did was I turned around and I said, I was looking for Pokemon characters today because I was thinking of doing your piñata in Pokemon. But if you don't listen, then I wasn't even done saying it. And he just looked at me and looked panicked and he just disappeared, like jumped off the sofa and ran. He knows that that's the worst thing. You know, if I don't do a piñata, then he's not going to have a party. He's like, oh, no, no, it'll be tragic. So, I mean, nobody else can do a piñata for him. So it's like I hold that power. When I first moved here, piñata, you could not find it. It's starting to pop up a little bit. But yeah, the little ones. Also, going outside the Danish flag decoration is also a really big thing now. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because you know before, <laughs> it was always Danish flag. But I think in the last four years, now people are having unicorn theme or just different themes. And it's actually nice to see. That's, of course, the American side coming out. I'm like, where's the theme? I need a theme. I can't just put a Danish flag on the table. It needs to be princess, Mickey Mouse, dinosaur. That was also a cultural shock because I came, I'm like, there's no party city here. No. What do you do for parties? Nothing. Like, there's, they just put the flags and they don't even do a cake. It's just like the bread with butter. And I was like, no, no, that can't be. <laughs> so, so I had to keep an eye on things. What could I use to adjust to use for like a Dino year? I found some bamboo plates and some uh, Oreo that came already crushed. So that was a dirt and, you know, like things that you find at the store, you have to use your imagination and see. Sometimes before, now you can find stuff online, but I remember calling my mom, you need to send me a box. I was like, I need things from the US. They don't have it here. <laughs> Even though it's super they care expensive. Packages, but I'm like, yeah. I don't care right now, but now you can find things here and everything. So... <laughs> Does it make you sad that uh, your kids won't be able to relate to the way that the way you grew up in Mexico or in the U.S.? They are here in Denmark. Not sad because if we were in the U.S. or Mexico, the world is completely different right now. They won't experience the same that I did. And not that I experienced the best life I could have. I mean, I remember dreaming about seeing mm -hmm green grass in my backyard because it was just dirt it's a desert yeah I always wanted something green and pretty and it was always hot in dirt outside so 
I think mm-hmm. you have to use what you have and count your blessings. You know, if I wanted to give them this or that, maybe they mm-hmm. won't like it. Maybe they won't appreciate it. So I always think I'll give them the best I have with what I have right now. And the thing is, when you see them happy, it doesn't matter if you're here or there or wherever you are, as long as they are happy and thriving and earning and and having friends and just being healthy, happy kids. That's what I will value the most. Of course, I miss, I would like them to have a family and and cousins and and uh, but if that can happen here, I mean, we have some family in Copenhagen that we try to see as much as we can, but they don't have the 170 cousins in LA. But I see them happy, and I feel that we're giving them a clean, good quality life here, and more of a secure life, like in, without the yeah. How does your kids feel when you go back to LA when you're visiting with, you know, we have such a big family. When I take my kids back to LA, they just absolutely love it. First of all, because of weather, they can just go out and flip flops. But you have such a big family, like my family's not that big. But do they get a little bit overwhelmed or they're excited or they're like, mom, who who are these people? (laughs) Well, no, we haven't been back and seen all of them. I mean, we've seen groups when we go back, but they haven't seen, I don't think we can ever get them all together, but they love the fact that there's so many things in the U S and I remember we went, uh, I don't know, like four or five years ago and my son was little and we didn't take iPads or there was one iPad and they just had it on the car, but we landed in Los Angeles and we stayed at the Queen Mary and they just kept looking out the window the whole way. Like, They never even remember they had an iPad because there was so much to see. Even driving by construction, they were just staring up, looking at, and it's a whole different world. So they love the fact that we can just get into a swimming pool over there. They love the fact that they can walk around with short arms, you know, with t-shirts. Ooh, how cool is that? (laughs) I mean, the simple things that you think... How, how do they even think about it? It's it's so great for them to to just feel another kind of um, atmosphere. And they love going to um, Walmart and seeing all kinds of different candy. Like, wow. So, and toys, yeah. They, my daughter wants to go right now because she's seen so many YouTubers and they, they can see that Walmart sells YouTube, YouTubers toys. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it could be overwhelming, I think, for them if we if we were to live or move there. Who knows? The, because we I, I went we went to Paris. I took my daughter to Paris last year and, and she didn't like it. I mean, she liked the fact that we went to the Eiffel Tower and pretty cool places. But then when she saw a lot of people, she you could tell she was like overwhelmed. And and then I asked her what's wrong? There's just too many, way too many people. Why do they come right now? She says, why are they coming right when we are here? I'm like, that, that's the way it is. It's not because you're here. It's because that's what Paris is like. It's, so I think um, in a way, she's a, a town girl. But they always, I mean, everything they see in, 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 the U, in YouTube with those YouTube families that have like a special property with the swimming pool and like 
playroom and all kinds of things just to make the videos. It's like I just see them and they just sit and watch it salivate looking at all the toys and all the Nerf guns and everything they have. So, Yeah, my daughter loves it. And she's just like always my phone. I don't even realize it, but my phone is full of photos of YouTuber toys that she wants to get when we go back to the U.S. Walmart is one of the stores she knows. She's like, we're going back to Walmart and Target. Because that's where all the, the the all the toys are, and to her that's like Disneyland. I'm like, oh my gosh, these YouTubers are making false accusations of America. Uh, last question for this part uh, one is: any tips for international parents moving to Denmark, or even first time parents? You know, they've lived here in Denmark, and then they're just becoming a first time parent here in Denmark. Do you have any tips for them? I didn't have my kids in the U.S. I had them here in everything I know. It's what they've taught me. Yeah. But what I can tell is if you're moving with children and you're the worrisome type of person like me where I get a headache and I think it's a tumor and I'm going to die. If they're that type of parents, then you need to move with all kinds of remedies and like things you use for like, I don't know, baby aspirin or the fever patches, anything you can bring from over the counter. All the things you find in Walmart that are like quick remedies or like essential oils, whatever you use, bring it. Because here, I mean, there was a time when my daughter had high fever for seven days and they told me, oh, it's nothing. She's going to pass. Oh, it's on. Yeah, it's, it's, there's two things they're going to give you. Fresh air and panodil, which is... Uh, pain reliever. Yeah, it's just pain reliever. And so everything has to be cured with fresh air and that medicine. So anything you anything you are used to using with your kids, like, uh, I don't know, in, in Germany, I found some uh, popsicles that are like medicine for the throat. And dolls, they love it. But also Germany has been my go go to place when uh, when I need something like that it's because you can't really get anything other than oh uh chamomile tea also they that's all you get to to treat anything so but if you're not the worrisome type you can just live with chamomile panodil and fresh <laughs> air are you also the type that comes back with a suitcase full of pharmacy pharmacy yeah well, not so much for me, but for them, the, yeah. They expire, yeah. I just ran out of NyQuil. That's like my number one thing that I always bring is NyQuil because you can't find that here in, in Denmark. And, and if you do have it in Germany, it's not like the U.S. type that knocks you out while you're, where you get knocked not out powerful. and you sleep really good while you're sick <laughs> versus trying to just suffer. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for sharing like your life, the part one of this episode of your life, you know, raising kids, your culture shocks, and just your experience of moving here in Denmark and being part part of the Danish society and how you integrated. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think everyone is. Everyone has an adventure. It's a new adventure here. But thank you so much for sharing this to the audience. And I'm pretty sure a lot of parents, a lot of people can relate just 
when you said that you were at a party and no one talked to you. I think everyone can relate to it. it happened to all of us. <laughs> well, thank you for this part one. And we will see your part two about your little toy company. Wow, guys, that was part one of Maria's episode. I feel like we could have talked about so many things about food, raising kids, winters, and on and on. This is why I love podcasting because I always meet incredible people that I can relate with and just keep talking and talk about life in Denmark or how, how we both can relate or learn about each other's stories. I hope you, the listeners, can also relate to the stories that are being told on this podcast and that's the reason why this podcast is it's just we can all just listen to other people's stories episode four part two of maria's interview will be released next week and that will be focused on her toy company and that one's actually going to be really fun because she just started literally uh, two weeks ago and the toy company is called 421 North. She makes handmade toys, like really cute handmade toys and she sells them and I think it's so adorable. If you guys have a chance, uh, you guys visit her website. It's called 421North.com and you'll see these just little cute toys uh, that she she really um, handmade. So she will be talking on the part two she'll be talking about uh, how she started that business and how she got into it so i'm really excited for to share that episode with you guys so don't forget uh, lastly don't forget to subscribe to my youtube channel because i this year 2023 i wanted to do more video podcasting plus the audio podcasting just grow my youtube i've always wanted to start a youtube channel But again, if you listen to my episode one, subscribe to my new YouTube channel and also head over to my TikTok or Instagram for fun posts about life as a podcaster or just life in Denmark. Because I share a lot of just funny things that happened uh, here in Denmark or just relatable things that are very short clips. So anyways, watch out for Maria's episode uh, part two next week. And thank you for listening to this episode and listen, laugh, and enjoy our adventures of living abroad.